Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to A Lot of Basketball. I'm Tom Piccolo. Joining me is Greg Poon. Greg, how are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. And Jake Storielli. Jake, how's it going? I'm not going to be nearly that formal. I'm, <laughs> I'm here. Look, I'm, I'm this here. This is our second pod of the day. I'm feeling a little, feeling like a real professional here. Sunday pod day. Yeah. Jake, I just spoke to you a couple hours ago. What have you been doing all afternoon? Man, I've, uh, I've been watching the football a little bit. I, I played with my dog. And totally did a ton of research for this podcast. Yes. And I'm actually, I'm going to Broncos Giants tonight. Ooh. Oh, wow. So wow. that's pretty cool. I've never been to the Broncos stadium. So what, what are you guys doing? I, uh, I drafted a fantasy basketball team for my college roommate because he had to go to brunch. Ooh. And uh, then I, I've just been watching the Patriots win. Yeah. Obviously. I mean. And Greg, you also passed the bar recently, isn't that right? Mm. I, I did. I usually, I usually go in. No, no, I don't. <laughs> okay. Uh, I <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. I'm going to have to use that if I ever pass the bar. That's everybody's joke. I didn't um, write that. I've never heard it. I actually wrote that one. No, oh, Greg's that. joke. All right, I'm going to put that in the show notes here. All right, well, <laughs> we're going to talk some NBA hoops today. Uh, we had like the craziest off season on record that I can remember so many, you know, big names moving around the league changing conferences, changing teams. A lot of the, the distribution of powers completely shifted. So I want to, I'm here to sort of get your guys takes on it. We're going to start with uh, the best moves of the off season. Uh, Jake, I'll start with you. What do you, what do you think was the best move this, this off season? I, I'm going to start with a little bit of an oddball and I'm going to say, so it's it's a little bit of a combination. Man, I I don't think it can be overlooked. I'm I'm going OKC and I guess I'm I'm combining two moves here cuz okay, so they went out and got well they got Paul George, obviously. They got Paul George and Melo. Um which both kind kind of good moves, but the thing that I'm shocked by was that allowed them to sign Russell Westbrook. So I I'm cheating by combining three moves, but I mean that for that organization, that's huge. Cause I mean, the biggest threat was they kind of went all in and kind of everyone could have bailed next year, which would have left that franchise in shambles. So I think they're a threat in the West. They're going to be one of the most entertaining teams to watch. Um, and man, I, I'm lower on the Kyrie move than a lot of people are. So I, I don't know. That's, that's where I'm going to hang my hat. And then I, I guess the other one that's really up for discussion is Chris, Chris or Cliff Paul um, going to Houston. I just think end of the day, they're, they're going to be a fun regular season team, but I don't see them being the, the postseason contender. Yeah. And Greg, before I go to you, I actually just wrote down for best move, everything the thunder did. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely on board with that answer. Maybe we should have tried to nice. pick different couple, ones, but a couple, uh, couple of legal answers. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, Greg, what, I, I'm hoping you have a different opinion. 
I mean, just to go off that, on top of who they got, the garbage that they gave up to get those two players is amazing. They just dumped Oladipo's contract and Enos Cantor's contract and just turned them into two actual good basketball players. But yeah. turned two bad salaries and two likely busts for George, who's a top 10 to 12 player, and Carmelo, probably top 30 to 35 player, depending who you ask. No oh boy. But I, I actually do like the Kyrie pick pickup. I'll go with that one because, I mean, you make yourself better and you make your opponent worse. So, I mean, long-term, they got their long-term answer at point guard. The, the Celtics have always always been thinking about the long-term. I mean, they were the number one seed last year, and they didn't really seem to be all in very much. But now they finally got their long-term answer in Kyrie, and they're probably going to they're gonna be going for it for the next four or five years now that they're all set. Seems like the plan's in place now. So I like it. Yeah, and we we both illegally said – OKC, but I mean, if you factor in Gordon Hayward and Kyrie along with their other moves, that's that's a lot going on. Yeah. What, what do you got, Tom? Besides my OKC answer, that's correct, and you're going to be wrong now. I mean, losing Avery Bradley is like sneaky, a big deal for the Celtics. They really don't have much uh, defense. I mean, Mar- I guess Marcus Smart is one of the better perimeter defenders in the league, but outside of him, I think it gets pretty thin pretty quickly at the. Um, at the shooting guard position, they're going to be, they're going to be leaning so heavily on Jalen Brown, who's so young and Jason Tatum who's a rookie. So um, I think, you know, on paper, it looks like the Celtics did get better um, at least for the playoffs, but for the regular season, I actually don't know that they're going to be a better regular season team. Isaiah Thomas had one of the best regular seasons offensively we've ever seen. And I don't know that Kyrie is just going to be able to, you know, acclimate to his new environment that quickly and, and replicate that kind of uh, historic season that IT had. And Greg, you're kind of our Boston guy, but don't they only have four guys coming back or some crazy number like that? It's uh, Rozier, Brown, Horford, and somebody else who's probably not not good. That's wild. Marcus Smart. You know, we we give a – you know, Coach Coach Brad Stevens gets his love. He's going to have to earn it this year. I mean, that's – a, a lot of new pieces that we're just assuming are going to mesh. And I think we gave OKC more love for it. Cause I don't know, those guys are a little more proven star wise that you assume they're going to figure it out. I guess you get a little more worried about egos, but yeah, I, I don't know. That's a lot of moving parts there. I mean, they're also rolling with like a lot of young guys. I think they might have like five or six rookies and then a couple second year, third year guys. So I don't know. They should have kept Bradley, like uh, Tom said. But they got Marcus Morris, who they got under contract for next year, so he's a better asset. They weren't planning on playing, paying Bradley long term. So, like I said, Celtics are in it for the long term. Yeah, and Bradley did have a, a fair amount of injuries last year, keep, keeping him out. But I think over the course of the regular season, I could see this team actually being a little worse. But like I said, I, I do think that they – um, kind of increase their ceiling for the playoffs. They they just got m- more talent, and that's really what it takes to win in the playoffs. It seems. Um, then, then Tom, you wanna you wanna pick uh, the Jimmy Butler pickup as your your favorite move since me and uh, Jake took the other good ones. Well, on the flip side, I actually picked that as the worst move for the Bulls. <laughs> for the Bulls. So, um, all right, let's get on to that then. Yeah. So on the on the other side of the coin. Um, yeah, just the, the Bulls giving up Butler uh, and a and a pick swap. <laughs> they, uh, they, well, they gave up sixteen 
to move down to seven. So they, they moved, you know, just a few spots. Uh, they got in return Zach Levine coming off an ACL tear who's about to get paid next season. Uh, and Chris Dunn, who has just been really, really bad, uh, just hasn't shown anything, whether it's in preseason, summer league, um, all of last year. He just has looked like a real bust. And I know the Bulls front office was really high in him uh, coming into the draft, but like the information's changed. You need to change your assessment of a guy after you've actually <laughs> you know, you can't just sit on that. So yeah, for, for all that, giving up Butler, who in my estimation is a, like Paul George, top 10 to 12 player, um, comparing it to all the other moves, like what the other teams got back, look at what the Celtics or what the Cavs rather got back for Kyrie. Even look at what the Kings got back for DeMarcus cousins. At least they got, um, a little more upside with, with Buddy Heald. So I just think the, the Bulls got the, the worst of all the deals, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I can't fight you too much on that, Tommy. I mean, that the one thing I'll say that seemed like insult to injury, but actually watching the dude play, Laurie Markkinen can play some hoops. He's got a pretty smooth stroke. Again, that doesn't make up for everything just because you made that pick. And the pick swap in the trade, I mean, that was like <laughs> that. I, I, that's that almost sent you over the top. That was too much. But yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it's kind of tough. You talk about best moves of the offseason, and then <laughs> kind of the other team is almost on the other side of the worst move of it. I actually, I'm, I'm what Indiana got for Paul George was kind of okay. I mean, I, I think a big year for Oladipo. I think being being the other guard playing with Russ is kind of a tricky tricky dynamic, and I don't think that was great for him. If he has, I don't know. I I think Indiana is going to let him play, and he's going to be one of the best players on that team. So we'll see a little more of what he's got this year. But uh, yeah, I mean, for and I, I guess that's the other thing that I hold against the Celtics camp is that they made these big moves. They got Gordon, and they didn't have to give anything up. I get that. But for what they could have got for potentially Jimmy Butler or Paul George, and we'll we'll circle back to how competitive we think they'll be in the East or for a championship. But if they had those guys, I think we I think we would have been talking more about Boston to start this podcast than not. Yeah, I think that has more to do with um, probably I don't know that we're underrating Gordon Hayward, but I do think a lot of us see him in a, a slightly lower tier than the Butler. George, at least in terms of, of their ceiling come playoff time, um, Hayward is probably just a little bit below those other two guys. So I think and th- that makes sense. I agree with you there. Um, uh, moving on, I think the next thing we want to talk about would be MVPs. Uh, I'm curious to hear. Uh, there's just last season, it was kind of uh, between Westbrook and Harden. You know, there are a few people putting Kawhi Leonard in the mix. LeBron's always up there. So I'm curious what you guys have to say. About who are you on, Tom? Who am I on? Yeah, you lead us on. I mean, you know, I, I write for the Spurs, Pounding the Rock blog. I, I'm definitely leaning towards Kawhi Leonard here, even though he's actually his health is looking a little suspect to start the season. Um, it's just every other MVP candidate got someone in the offseason who's an all-NBA talent, right? So Russ got Paul George and Mello. Harden got Chris Paul. Um, I think there's some voter fatigue around LeBron and, and LeBron himself sort of takes defensive. He takes games off defensively and he, he rests a fair amount to keep himself fresh because he knows that the playoffs are all that matter for him and his legacy. So yeah, I'm thinking Kawhi Leonard, the, the public perception of, of his best teammate, LaMarcus Aldridge is at, is at an all time low. 
So anything that the Spurs do, I think, is going to be really attributed to, to Leonard. Um, sometimes he gets some uh, votes docked because of the whole like, Spurs system, and they think of him as kind of a system player. But uh, given Leonard's two-way ability and his increased playmaking year over year, too, I, I definitely he's my top pick for MVP. Yeah, and it's it's kind of wild thinking about what <laughs> what the MVP requirements are. It's <laughs> like not it used to be kind of best player on best team idea. Now it's gone to <laughs> like whose team is up there, but they're getting the least amount of help from other guys. <laughs> yep. So huh. that's 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 kind of where Kawhi fits in right now. And you like you just said at the end there, he almost gets penalized for being Popovich's player because Pop gets so much credit. So then they give it to, you know, they start talking about the system, this, that, and the other. It's, it's pretty wild, but I'll, I guess the thing I would say to that is I, I could see this being a LeBron year. I mean, in theory, you know, they lost Kyrie Irving. I know they, they've got Isaiah Thomas. We're going to see what he is. And they've, they've added a few more bodies this year. Crowder, um, they're, like, it seemed like they were so thin last playoffs, and now it seems like they've got a whole second unit now, this, that, and the other. Kyle Korver was a defensive player for them in the finals for a while last year. Huh. So I, I could see this being a LeBron year, especially if the Celtics potentially took a step back. Because, I mean, in the East, God, they the East win totals might be, like, kind of wild, right? <laughs> I mean, the, the Celtics could potentially take a step back. Toronto's kind of doing their malaise Washington's kind of fun we 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 like and want to watch Washington I mean then that bottom of the east starts getting brutal and especially with the emphasis on super teams and the league worried about tanking like I don't know the the bottom eight ten teams in the east are going to be pretty pretty bad so I don't know I'm I'd say LeBron and Kawhi are the front runners you voters are going to be low on Russ um and I don't know, Chris Paul. Yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty it's, funny. It's, we haven't even we haven't even talked about Steph Curry or Kevin Durant. I was, was going to be right. I was going to mention uh, that. That's why Greg's here, Tom. Yeah. I know. Sorry to jump in there. It's just funny because that team is definitely going to be the best team. Um, so, Greg, I, I won't steal your thunder there. I was going to say Kevin Durant coming off the Finals MVP. You think he'll have some momentum? People love him. I mean, he was he was in the discussion last year before he went down for with an injury. He was in like the top five. And then got injured. But if you if we see the Warriors win seventy games again, they're they're probably going to have the MVP on their team. To be honest, and that's very very possible that they win those seventy games. They won sixty seven last year with Durant out for a month. So, I, I mean, could we could we talk? I guess dark horses for a minute. Like who who's even a potential dark horse? Someone like John Wall. I was going to say if, that too. If yeah. if Kyle if Kyle Lowry led Toronto to first in the East, something like that. I mean, I, I don't, I even trying to think of dark horses, like I think Butler kind Giannis, of came to mind. Giannis on the Giannis, is a, yeah. Is a dark Kyrie, horse. Kyrie Irving, dark horse. Yeah. Very possible. I mean, the, the Celtics were the one seed last year. They get the one seed again this year and he's posting stats. You could watch out for Kyrie. Yeah. But I don't know how much the one seed matters anymore. We saw Westbrook okay. in it. Um, you know, what did what, what they finish as a seven seed? It's a six seed. That's an exception, though. I mean, yeah, if, if, no if everybody if everybody writes in the newspaper every day that someone should be at the MVP, then 
they'll probably be the MVP like Russ was. Have, have we even mentioned James Harden? <laughs> I think we should dive into Houston, <laughs> dive into Houston for a second. I mean, what's going on here? We've got <laughs> arguably, depending how you rank them, two of the best point guards <laughs> from last year. I mean, I, I I won't even go into the the Russ the Russ camp right now. So we'll just call it two of the top three, two of the top four point guards. And these guys are going to be sharing the ball in one of the most fun offenses ever. Is this going to be like, is this going to look like a bad pickup game, but with like really skilled players? Like I, what's going on? What, what do we think is going to happen there? It's going to be a lot of open three point shots. I know that. And it's, it's going to be fun. I'm pretty sure. I'm excited to see what they do, but yeah, I mean, who's 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 bringing the ball up the court, Tom? I mean, in the regular season, I think that they are. I mean, it's, they're going to be playing D'Antoni ball. I think they're going to be trying to be pushing a lot. Um, you know, traditionally, Chris Paul has liked to walk it up and you know get his team into the set and be the quarterback. But I think Chris Paul went to Houston for a reason that he wants to buy in. And he's tired of, of carrying such a playmaking burden every year and, and flaming out in the playoffs that way. And I think he's ready to cede some of the control up to, to Harden, who is really, yeah, one, like Jake said, one of the best playmakers, one of the best passers in the league. And I, I could see it being close to 50-50 in terms of who brings it up. They're both comfortable playing off the ball. It's not like a LeBron-Dwayne Wade situation where they can't shoot, right? Both these guys can, can spot up and, and shoot uh, Harden did it for the first several years in Oklahoma City, and Chris Paul's catch and shoot numbers are every year out, um, you know, really good. So, uh, I think during the regular season, this team is going to be really tough to stop, especially Ryan Anderson being able to stretch the floor out to thirty six feet or whatever he does, and um, it, it doesn't work as well for him defensively in the playoffs. But yeah, this is this is a team I think is going to win sixty plus games and have the two seed in the West. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, I mean, are, are these guys going to look like the biggest threat? Like, say, I guess picture every team's kind of best case scenario. It's Is it them or OKC as the biggest threat to Golden State? I mean, are we are we bought into the Spurs, really? I don't know. It's tough with the star power that's going around in the NBA right now. Yeah, a lot of these star power teams take a couple years to figure it out, though. So we got to be worried about that with all of them. I mean... OKC coming off the sixth seed and Houston coming off the three seed and the third best record in the NBA. So you got to think that they probably have the edge over OKC in my book. I know OKC picked up two players to Houston's one, but Houston got the better player and they already have the better system that is perfect for the guy. Whereas OKC has three ball first guys. Yeah, and I've heard Zach Lowe talk a little bit about this on his podcast, but it's funny to look at what has actually worked against Golden State in years past. In 2015-16, you had Oklahoma City uh, take them to seven games when they were, I think they were up 3-1 on, on them, right? And uh, they did that with a lot of size and length, and they had Steven Adams and Serge Ibaka and Kevin Durant, and uh, they, they just posed a lot of problems with their length. And then Last year, San Antonio on opening night came out and destroyed Golden State, really embarrassed them. And then even in the, in the playoffs in game one, they were, they were running Golden State out of the gym before Kawhi Leonard went down. And not to say that was going to necessarily last. It almost certainly wasn't. But it just shows that like the Spurs with Pau Gasol and LaMarcus Aldridge, 
Um, they just had a, a lot of length and, and played two traditional bigs a lot. So it, it seems like trying to counter the, the Warriors, I mean, calling what they do small ball doesn't even really apply anymore just because Kevin Durant's so big and Draymond Green protects the rim so well. But uh, I wouldn't count out San Antonio's ability to, to kind of neutralize what Golden State does to a degree. But at the same time, I don't see any kind of antidote to what they do. San Antonio picking up Rudy Gay too. Sneaky, sneaky good pickup. I mean, he's coming UConn. off injury. Coming off injury, so we'll see if he's good. But before his injury last year, he was posted some stats. And if anybody can make any random person in the NBA good, it's Greg Popovich. So we'll see how it works out. I'll be rooting for him. Yeah, I like the the uh, Rudy Gay pickup, so I'm hoping that that works out for them. Uh, we want to move on to. Did everyone give an MVP pick? Um, not formally. I mean, I gave my, I guess I'll go with Kevin Durant as my formal pick. And then I had John Wall and uh, Kyrie Irving as the dark horses. Yeah. If we, if we get a front runner and a dark horse candidate, I'll go LeBron and John Wall. All right. Tom. Yeah. So I'll go, I went Kawhi and, uh, actually I like Kyrie as the dark horse. That's pretty good. That's nice. good. Whoever brought that up, that was solid. Um, Laurie Markkinen. <laughs> I've, I was, I've heard Laurie Markkinen referred to as Andrea Bargnani 2.0, so I, didn't, I haven't watched him play, but I haven't heard the best things. So let's move on to Rookie of the Year. Sounds like Jake wants Laurie Markkinen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, if, if, I, if I get a Dark Horse candidate again, yeah, <laughs> give me Laurie. I'm, t- I'm telling you, that, that, uh, that gentleman can shoot. Um, man, the, this rookie of the year is messed up too. Man, so let me, I'll, I'll take us as far off path as we can. Please. The NBA, the NBA is in a great spot right now. I mean, the off season has had an NBA story. It feels like once a week, um, just the way that the end of the season goes into the draft and summer league and all of it. I mean, the NBA has really done a great job of beating the NFL at being the year round sport. <laughs> that being said, this rookie of the year is wild because we've got <laughs> we've got two one picks on the same team <laughs> eligible for it in Fultz and Ben Simmons in Philadelphia. Is uh is Joel Embiid still a rookie? Did he play last year? <laughs> Just enough games. He's uh, he's the best player in the NBA. No, not <laughs> not, not actually saying that, but. I mean, you're looking at the other top picks. Markkinen's going to get a ton of minutes for the Bulls. He's got a chance. I mean, the Tatum thing's kind of wild for me because does Jason Tatum become a huge part of the Celtics team or get pushed on the bench? I mean, I he seems very skilled in that they want to get him on this timeline, but I feel like for where they're at, he's he's going to be set down. He's still a rookie, you know? Yeah. You, you can't have a guy shooting – you know, rookie percentage numbers on the court when you're trying to get the first or second spot in the East. But, um, so yeah, I just, I just named some guys who'd I miss. Well, it's funny because it does seem like being on a winning team has some importance for voters. If you look at last year's rookie of the year, uh, it was Malcolm Brogdon, uh, a very unsexy name out of Milwaukee, but just disagree. Well, the name itself is, uh, but, uh, (laughs) you know, some people thought it should have been Joel Embiid because his impact was so high in the 30, whatever games he did play. Um, other people were saying Dario Saric, but 
you know, he was kind of putting up empty calorie numbers and Philadelphia was just straight up bad. So, uh, the, you know, after those three, people were even talking about Billy Hernan Gomez as, as a potential rookie of the year candidate. So I think first, he, first he one of right? Yeah. I think he was your dark horse last year, Greg. So yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> but I do like Ben Simmons as, as rookie of the year. I think, uh, being a, a year removed out of college, having been with a, around professional players for the last year and a part of an organization is a, a huge leg up. Uh, and I have a feeling it's going to be kind of like the Blake Griffin situation a few years back when he missed his entire rookie year, mm. um, but was just able to practice every day. You know, he didn't have to worry about going to class, however much athletes actually do. Um, I saw like the UNC thing. That's another podcast, but um, yeah, Ben Simmons, just watching him in summer league and uh, preseason. He's just a freak athletically. He looks like he, he belongs right now and he's my pick. Yeah, I forgot about that Blake Griffin thing when he just came in as a rookie and he was just way better than everybody else already. Cause, so Ben Simmons is a good pick, but I'm going to go with Lonzo. I, I'm, I'm buying into the hype. This guy's good. He can, him passing the ball is pretty amazing. Him shooting the ball, pretty ugly, but that's why he can pass the ball. You know? talk, talk about media. I mean, yeah. Jesus. The, the, I'd, every it seems like every other day I'm in or out on what the balls are doing. Like I, I write, I write the balls out. I'm like, Oh my God, LeVar's doing too much. This is awful. Let your son go play basketball. And then Lonzo came out that father's day thing he did was hilarious. That was, that was one of the funnier things I've, I've seen. And the fact that he knows that kind of lets me know that like, He's you know, yeah, he knows it's part of the act and this, that, and the other, but man, he, he can do some special stuff in LA. Um, and I mean, anything he does in LA is going to get blown up by that atmosphere. I'm officially on the board as Lori Markkinen as my sleeper. And uh, I don't know. Dennis Smith Jr. Wow. No. Hey, Hey, <laughs> no mention of Frank, Frank Nitty in New York, huh? Yeah. I mean, nobody expects him to be the rookie of the year, to be honest. He wasn't he's more of a long term prospect. Yeah. Probably he's gonna have a rough rookie year. It'll probably be all NBA next year. But you know, <laughs> it's it's the it's a long term thing. It's a steep curve. But no, I mean DSJ is gonna have the keys kinda right away, I think, especially with Seth Curry uh being out with that injury. So uh, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. is gonna have some some opportunities and athletically he also belongs so uh, you know that that wouldn't surprise me if he won it either all right so what do we think it's prediction time yeah we got good prediction time yeah let's, let's talk lead us, lead us off tom all right we'll start with the eastern conference because it's the less interesting one and we got to keep the folks you know waiting for the west right for the, for the good stuff so Hot takes yeah so i'm gonna go with the calves as the one seed, I, I do think the Celtics are going to take a bit of a step back in the regular season. And uh, LeBron will probably be pretty motivated to take that back. And I, and I think you know, they have a lot of new guys as well, so there could be some chemistry issues there. But, I mean, LeBron and Dwayne Wade have played together many for years before, so that probably won't be an issue. And, and they just have more depth with J.R. Smith coming off the bench, um, with Tristan Thompson coming off the bench. You know, guys who used to start for them are now part of their second unit. So I, I think that 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 kind of puts them in a good spot for the one seed. I like Boston as the two. I'm giving the wizards, the three seed. I was torn between them or Toronto just because the Toronto has been really good as a regular season team last several years. But I think we're about to see some age related decline from Kyle Lowry. So uh, 
Wizards three, Raptors four. I like this is where it gets a little messy in the East, but I'm going to go with Milwaukee Bucks five. Even without Jabari Parker, I think they've got the they've got just enough talent, um, and Giannis is just going to be the best one of the best, probably the best player on the floor almost every night. So uh, Milwaukee five, Miami Heat six. I think they're more like they were. Uh, I think uh, the second half of their season was more representative of them as a team than the first half. Yeah, I mean, who, um, who are the teams in the bottom? I, I shouldn't say bottom, but besides those top four, because I think if, if you go through a lot of basketball, a lot of basketball, I, you're going to get a lot of people saying those top four teams in the East. You'll, I think you'd get a couple sleeper bucks picks, guys that are buying into Giannis. I mean, who, who are the teams to watch? I guess, I mean, the Heat had that. That second half you were talking about, the Bucks with Giannis. Do we think Charlotte can really do something? I mean, they got Dwight, but Dwight's very hit or miss who you talk to nowadays. I mean, what? Nick Batum just got injured, too. He's out for a little bit. For so. like two, two months or something. I Even given that, I, I, had, I have Charlotte 7 and Detroit 8. So just okay. rounding out my, uh, my bottom half of the, the Eastern Conference. But... Um, yeah, I mean, none of those teams are going to be fun to watch. No one's going to want to watch Charlotte or Detroit. I think some of the teams that people see as possibly fighting for those spots would be Philadelphia. Yeah. How many uh, veterans they brought in. I, I think everybody in the East is fighting for the ace spot. Everybody. Other than, other than those top seven. I mean, how many wins is the eight seed going to have? Like 35? I mean, last year it was 41. There were two teams with 41, but... I I can't imagine. Yeah, I, I think 38 is the number for me. Yeah, I yeah. think 38 sounds right. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a bad team. Pathetic. Um, yeah, I don't know. I th- I guess those bottom teams in the West, Tom, your, your standings are eerily close to me there. I'll – I guess that's that's what's getting me going in the East is, I guess, sex appeal a little bit. Just because, I mean, winning the East, we think, what, two and a half teams have a chance? Something like that, um, depending who your half is. I don't know. I could I could see Detroit coming a fun team, like you said. I, I like Avery Bradley, um, especially with Stan Van. They drafted Kennard. Can Drummond finally take that leap that people are waiting for? Reggie? Reggie Jackson, a black hole. Uh, <laughs> Stanley Johnson is the best player in the world. If you ask Stanley Johnson, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I, I the reason that I kind of went on this twist to kind of where we have teams is I forgot what Miami did in that second half last year. They were like a special team. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they were. were <laughs> it was wild. It was like thirty and eleven or thirty-one and ten or something. I mean, Goran Dragic is really underrated as a as a point guard. He's He'll probably be an all-star this year, just given the, the lack of talent in the East. But, I mean, not, that's not to say he doesn't deserve it. Dragic is a really good player. Whiteside, uh, sometimes it's kind of a stats-first type, but, I you know, he gets his. And then they, they, got, they get, have a bunch of role players, a lot of shooting, and they, they brought in um, Kelly uh, Olenek. Thank you, Kelly Olenek, uh, Greg's boy from Boston. So. Well, one of my, better, my, my best friends from Boston. Yeah. We hung out. I don't. I, I just. I just don't know if the Heat can take the next step until they re-sign Zoran, Goran's brother. Mm. So we'll we'll see. That's developing storyline. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I think we're we, we're all we're all in agreement in not necessarily the order, but who the top seven 
in the East are. And then the eighth seed is going to be a bad team. It could be, I mean, we talk about the Pistons, the Sixers. The, I mean, I think the Nets are legitimately terrible, but I think they could squeeze out that amount of wins somehow. I'm, I'm probably one of the biggest D'Angelo Russell lovers you'll find. I, yeah. I think I think he's going to do big things this year. Is is so I this is semi hot take issue. Is no one in here on the Sixers making the playoffs? I am not. I'm not either. Yeah, I am they're too. A year, they're a year away. They're too young. You can't rely on on Ben Simmons, who's kind of a rookie, Markel Fultz to give you big minutes. It's just you know I yeah. like I like Covington. I like Redick, but I mean, you can, how much faith can you put in Embiid staying on the floor? Uh, I, I I don't see the Sixers making the playoffs. I guess that's what's getting me too. I, I'm picturing kind of the T Wolves last year. I thought the T Wolves were going to make a jump into that <laughs> bottom of the playoffs in the West, and they couldn't do it. Just a lot of young guys that get lost. And man, I, 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 God, they've got so much talent. I guess it depends on how many games Embiid plays for me, and you just can't bet on that right now because I think Sim, Simmons and Fultz shooting numbers are going to be bad this year. All right, so it sounds like we're kind of in line with, with the Eastern Conference, uh, but we got to give the people what they want, and that's, that's the Western Conference. The, West. the Wild West. Yeah, I, I have right. a feeling we're going to have some differing opinions here on the West. So uh, let's uh, – Jake, you want to start us off here? I'll start, but I'll, I'll probably get lost in the teams and the stats. You know I'm not a stat guy or a team guy. Right. So, I, I mean, Golden State, they're going to finish first in the West. They are – I mean, they're, they're incredible. I'm, I'm not going to dive into what Golden State's doing, because if you don't know, then you wouldn't be listening to a, pa- a podcast about a lot of basketball. So Fair. Num- number two is where it gets fun, right? And I'm, you, you kind of nailed what I was going for before, is that, man, what Tony can do in the regular season, this Houston team is going to win a ton of games just because they can outshoot, outscore everyone. I mean, think about basically if <laughs> picture Patrick Beverly as like, say, depending how you picture Patrick Beverly, he's a, he's a B minus C plus basketball player, something like that. If you want to put letters on it, Chris Paul is like an A <laughs> Patrick Beverly, <laughs> like the defense, but what he can do in offense is like extremely special. I mean, the, this team is just going to rack up wins in the regular season. Um, where I think OKC is going to take some time to mesh. I, I, I guess, and man, it, it kind of sucks, but I probably have OKC as the four seed with the Spurs three. Just I agree with that. Just because it's, it's Popovich and Kawhi just doing the same thing they do night in, night out. And, you know, it just, you know, we're, some of the guys they throw in, you're, you question if you've been following the sport. I'm watching David Davis Bertans just get buckets. And I'm like, where is this? What league are we watching? But um, from there, then this is where, so in the East, it kind of gets sad. You're like, uh, after that, it kind of falls off and you're like, ah, oh, maybe Giannis becomes a star. Hey, I don't know. Uh, in the West, it's kind of like, you're waiting to see who's next. You're waiting to see who's hot. Um, God, fifth. I think the T Wolves are the sexy pick there, right? And I think I'm rolling with it. You, you picture Jimmy Buckets coming in, kind of being mean, being what Tom Thibodeau loves, uh, just a 
two-way bulldog alpha male to steal the Bulls quote from last year. And, you know, he probably bullies Andrew Wiggins and makes him cry after every practice. But with Carl Anthony Towns, that team's going to be good. I'm, I guess I'm in on them for the five seed. And, you know, the other team that I'm more in on than I think a lot of people are the Clippers. Man, I think the Clippers are going to be awesome. I'm, you'd want, hey, Dark Horse for MVP? How about Blake Griffin? Okay. If Blake, if Blake Griffin could stay healthy for 70 games, which is a long shot, but what if he were, you know, Russ just kind of, Russ just changed the mentality a little bit. We talked about that, right? What if Blake Griffin can stay healthy for most of the season and do some of that triple-double stuff he, he'd done when Chris Paul was hurt, kind of be a point forward? And they got Nilo now. They got our – but rookie of the year, dark horse, Milos. Milos, my friend Milos, did I say that right? Pretty much. Um, <laughs> man, I and like I said, they got Donald Beverly, but not Donald Beverly, former UConn great Patrick Beverly, uh, to be the B minus Chris Paul that we talked about before. I, I'm kind of in on what's going on in, in Los Angeles, get them in the playoffs, and yeah. so. Here's here's the other team that I'll I'll let you guys talk about because I'm about to faint over here. <laughs> the the team that I think I do like is the Pelicans. I'm with you on that. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I think, Come get it, Tom. I'm Come get it. I think that the Pelicans have too many good players to be as bad as everybody thinks they're gonna be. I mean, I don't think that people don't think they're gonna be bad, but I don't think they're projected to make the playoffs. But in my book, they got two of the top 12 players in the NBA and then Drew Holiday's a, a uh, I mean Something. point guard point guard's a loaded position but he's a good point guard I don't I don't know what that way he's, the their, he's their shooting guard Rondo yeah Rondo this actually, is Tom's this is Tom's all nightmare team I love it <laughs> actually I, I, Rondo is out six weeks with a hernia um yeah, that's good news for the Pelicans. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Um, Tom, didn't didn't they have some? I I think it was their because when they first came together, Boogie and Davis were a nightmare. But wasn't it their last ten games? I know it's end of the NBA season type stuff. But didn't they kind of figure it out? weren't they weren't they putting up some good numbers? Like you said, the end of the NBA season is pretty wonky with teams tanking and Phoenix just like shutting down their entire roster. And uh, yeah, I'd have to go back and look at the numbers there, but. I mean, you did give us a lot to unpack there, so I just want to go back. <laughs> you get, I want to go back a little bit. I was sure. in lockstep with you uh, for the Warriors, uh, the Rockets, the Spurs, and then the Thunder for one, two, three, four. Um, and then, actually, you, so you've got the Timberwolves at the five seed. I actually have them missing the playoffs. I don't know if, if that's a con- really controversial opinion. I am not oh, in yeah. love with I'm not in love with this Timberwolves team. They won 31 games last year. And I know we're expecting, you know, progression from Wiggins and from uh, Towns. And then the addition of Jimmy Butler, this is going to be a better team. But to get the five seed, this, I mean, they're going to have to steal 20 plus games to do that. And just given how miserable they were on defense, it didn't seem like Thibodeau was really able to, to reach him there. I, I mean, Cat's still super young, right? I, I don't know if he's going to be a, a complete player in his third season. So I, I'm expecting this to be a slower progression for them. 
And uh, I, I just don't think the Timberwolves are going to make the playoffs. Greg, what do you think? I mean, they also added Jeff Teague and Taj Gibson as well. So it's not just Jimmy Butler. It's the, as you mentioned, it's the experience of another year plus Jimmy Butler, plus Jeff Teague, plus Taj Gibson and the bench. And Jamal Crawford, obviously, maybe a horrible addition to the team, but he's a good guy. He's a good guy for sure. Yeah. I don't know if I like Teague better than Rubio, though. I, I mean, sure, Teague can shoot better, but, I mean, th- this is a team that's going to have guy, like a lot of guys who want to get shots up, and Teague's yeah. one of them. He's going he's gonna to have the ball in his hands a lot of the time, and he gets his shots. It's, it's his decision-making, right? So yeah. uh, I don't know that that's even a, an upgrade for them uh, from Rubio. Yeah, you might uh, be right in that they don't have – a pass first player on their team. Their point guard is Jeff Teague and he's looking to drive and then pass if somebody's open, I guess, or if he's not open. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was with Jake on the Timberwolves, but you've got me convinced. I'll, I'll slide them down and I'll, I'll probably put the Pelicans at the five seed just to, wow. no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm not, not, not really. That's a joke. That's a joke. My, my last, <laughs> I, my last ditch effort to get Greg back on my side is, Man, I just think there's going to be a Jimmy Jimmy Butler trickle down effect that, you know, Wiggins' his defensive numbers advance and just watching him weren't very good. Really bad. When he came into the, the I, there's arguments that he's the worst defensive player in the league, which again probably <laughs> might get a smirk out of Greg. But I don't know. I think that's going to be a trickle down because I feel like they tried to make Andrew Wiggins like their stopper, have Wiggins guard the best guy, and he either can't do that yet or he'll never never be able to do that. Now Jimmy Butler is going to do that, which puts Wiggins on some a lesser player to defend, puts less pressure on Carl Anthony Towns for cleaning up <laughs> Wiggins' mess on the outside. I, th- I think there's going to be a full team trickle down effect. Um, but yeah, you're. That you're wrong and I hate you. No, I, <laughs> I, I see, I see what you're saying. And I, I think your, your take is probably more likely, but I, I, I just think if, if not now, like when, I mean, how, how long can I be waiting for Wiggins and towns to get better? I think it's just scary to think that how bad they were at defense when they had Tom Thibodeau as their coach, who's known as their, like the best defensive coach in the NBA, maybe. And scared to think how bad that you can be at defense while having him. And is Jimmy Butler really going to write the ship and teach these guys how to play defense when Tom Thibodeau couldn't do it? So, I, I don't know. I'll move them down. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if they're going to actually miss the playoffs, but that's, that's why I have them right now. So I got, I got them in the playoffs. I mean, I think a team that Jake didn't mention, that I'm disappointed he didn't mention, is the Portland Trailblazers. Trailblazers. I knew you were yeah. saying. I got them as the one seed, Jake. They're better than the Warriors. <laughs> wow, hot take. No, so I think they could get the six. I could, I could see the Blazers coming up to six. They got uh, another year of Lillard and McCollum, a, a full year of Nurkic. Hopefully he, he stays healthy and he contributes like he did for that short amount of time that he was on the team. But I, I just like them. I just like Damian Lillard. He just seems to will his team to win basketball games somehow when – I mean, maybe they don't have the most talented roster, but they just they just do it. I don't know. I don't have a good analyst for them, analysis for them. No, I've got the Trailblazers at five, so I'm I'm with you on kind of having some blind faith in them. Uh, again, I, I love their backcourt, even though defensively it is kind of a mess. But I mean, like you said, if Yusuf Nurkic Nurkic can stay healthy, he was an absolute beast last year for them. 
it seemed like they kind of figured out uh, how to work in Evan Turner uh, into the second unit and have him be the primary ball handler because both Dame and CJ can play off the ball. So when they need rest, they have a guy who can actually um, make plays. And uh, I mean, just I'm looking at their roster right now, and it does seem like a little thin. They've got Al Farouk Aminu, who kind of had a shooting slump last year at the at the power forward spot. But I mean, he's a good modern four, right? He can he can pl- defend almost ev- any position. They've got Ed Davis coming off the bench, who's just a solid year in year out um, backup big. And uh, I, I'm, I'm trying not to talk myself out of it because of how thin they do look. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm looking at this team, and Alan Crabb is no longer on it, and I'm trying to see who's going to replace him, but. It, there's not a good option. I mean, Crab shot 44% from three last year, which is just absurd. And um, I, I know you, you guys brought it up with a chuckle. Cause I love, I love Damian Lillard. I mean, if you, if you subbed him out with Steph Curry on golden state, how much really changes? I know Steph's probably a little better creative and the best shooter ever, but <laughs> they, <laughs> you know, I, when you start thinking about how the stats and things would go like that, it's a fun game, but Man, I, Tom, I'm I'm surprised because you mentioned it casually. I mean, how bad are those guards on defense? <laughs> and it it feels really? like they, it feels like they had their window to take it to the next step, and they went out and got Evan Turner, and he's like you said, they're still trying to figure out his role, which seems to be a theme with every team he's on. Basically, he found that little niche in Boston for a while, but I, I don't know. I it it just feels like this team had a window and kind of blew it. I don't know. I will say the other guy I didn't mention was Mo Harkless, who's actually a solid two-way player. He, he's like an NBA <laughs> player. So I <laughs> left him out. I was, I was actually kind of panicking because I couldn't even find like a fifth decent player here, but you know what? I, I picked them fifth. I wrote it down. I said it on the podcast. I can't take it back now. So move it down. Now there, there's a chance. There's a chance. Like those two, those two guards are that good. And yeah. uh, in the regular season, we always say that like offense does matter more. Uh, I think, you, well, no, you could go. I'll, I'll say. Well, I was going to say defense really tends to matter more in the playoffs when teams sort of lock into each other. So, and, and try and pick at the opposing team's weaknesses. So uh, in the regular season, when you don't really have time to prepare for the other team, having CJ and Dame is just, you know, that, that's just such a dynamic duo that I, I still <laughs> like them five. Yeah. And, I mean, I could see them being five for for teams five through eleven. Anything could happen. Agreed. I'm pretty sure. So, what is that? You got the Blazers. Yeah, who haven't we really touched upon? The Jazz. Everyone the big one on the Jazz. The Jazz Nuggets uh, and the Grizzlies. Jazz Nuggets and Grizzlies. Yeah, so that's how it rounds out my my eight. So I've got Blazers five, Nuggets six, Clippers seven, and Grizzlies eight. I've got the T Wolves and the Pelicans uh, missing the playoffs, but. Uh, I mean, the Nuggets are an interesting one to talk about because they obviously had the, the uh, high-profile acquisition of Paul Millsap, who, uh, you know, NBA nerds love him. He's like a great defensive player. He, he makes a lot of the smart, you know, right basketball plays, but he is getting up there in age. Um, but at the same time, he's a great pairing with um, Jokic, Nikola Jokic, the center for the Grizzlies, because he can kind of protect the rim and uh, he's a little rangier. So I... You know, it's going to be a, a pretty solid team in Denver. My biggest concern with them is they just don't have a point guard. They got New York Knicks syndrome. <laughs> Ooh, Thomas. Sorry. Thomas. Yeah, I, 
the the Nuggets. I don't know. I I like them. I, I like them to get in the playoffs. I think. I I don't know that point guard. You know, I I get passionate about it, and it's it's caused us to have many George Hill arguments. But their point guard play, I think, is just going to hold them back. I I think. You know, they got Millsap and people are going to expect them to make, you know, another little jump. And I I don't know. I just see them flatlining a little bit until they really address that position. I think I'm, um, I'm, I'm expecting them to, to use Gary Harris and Jamal Murray as like the backcourt and just make them be both shooting guards and point guard hybrids and just have, have two of your better players handle the ball and see what happens. Yeah, I think that's a little easier said than done, though. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're, back to our Knicks, you know, we're we're not saying Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee can really take over the point guard duties. Well, that and Murray just, he was a rookie last year, so he really wasn't that effective. Like, he definitely showed yeah. flashes of, of being a, a very good NBA player someday, but he's still super young, and I, I wouldn't, you know, hand the reins over to him quite yet. And I didn't watch any Nuggets preseason games, but from what I've read, Moutier actually showed out and, and played really well. Again, just preseason, so you can't really read too much into it. But um, it, I mean, if Moutier can be just a, you know, a top 30 point guard in the NBA, like an actual starting, <laughs> an actual starter level player, then, then this team could be just competent point guard play is all they need. Because Gary it, Harris is like a lights out shooter, I think. And then, um, yeah, Jake, were you saying something? And it's to be good. fair, I mean, Moutier, Moutier played as one of the youngest guys in the league. So uh, he's he still has a chance, but he this is definitely a huge year for him. Is Jameer Nelson still slotted to be the starting point guard? I know he he took over the roles last year. Jameer Nelson is going to be taking point guard roles until he can't walk anymore. <laughs> he's something else. He's awesome to watch. Um, yeah, I I don't know if he's slated in the starter. I think it's probably another. They want Moutier to be. I think it's Moutier like, right now. If, if he doesn't, if he doesn't, they'll give it to him. You know. Yeah. Uh, like Tom, it. Tom, can you sell me on these Grizz? Because I'm I'm out. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's fair. I just I have such a hard time going against the Gasol Conley combo. Just seeing what they were able to do. I mean, even against the Spurs in the postseason last year with. I think they lost in five games, but they really put up a fight, and they looked they looked really tough to beat. So uh, I, I think Mike Conley's coming off a career year. I don't expect much regression from him. And Marcus Gasol learned how to shoot threes and was just launching them from all over. And he shot really well, especially for a center. He's able to stretch the floor. Um, you know, they, they're kind of getting rid. They're shedding that grit and grind mentality. They got rid of Tony Allen. Um, they also lost Zach Randolph, but both those guys were kind of cramping the spacing on the floor. And I think it was time to move on from them, but you know, I guess the only two players I've mentioned are Gasol and Conley. Uh, they frankly just need Chandler Parsons to be at least a shell of what Chandler Parsons used to be. Like last year he was pathetic. He was the worst player in the league. Yeah, I hate, I hate to be rude, and I, I think we're in on Conley and Gasol too, but <laughs> even if Parsons comes back somewhat to form, I mean, outside of that, what's going on in Memphis? I mean, they, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll, I'll say, like, Jermichael Green is actually a solid kind of, like, bouncy 
small ballish four, like without going too small. He's 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 a good modern four. Jamichael Green is is a little underrated, and and they picked up Tyreek Evans, who when he's healthy, he can create some offense off the bench. And uh, I yeah, don't know. I mean, I met Tyreek Evans in an airport one time, so he's he's good. And I think that locks up the eight seed for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with Jake. I don't think the Grizzlies are making the playoffs. I think they're a good team still, but I think these other teams are a little bit too good. They're better yeah. than the Grizzlies on paper, at least. I'm putting a little bit of a lot of, I guess, a lot of faith in just like the institutional knowledge in Memphis and the coaching. I know um, they've got a good coach there. Yeah, Jake, you, you said Dave Yorger was like undefeated for like five years before joining one, the NBA. One of the best Wikipedia reads out there is Dave Yerger's. Is it? Is he? Yeah. He's the, he's the coach in Sacramento he, now. Yeah. He left. What? What? Yeah. What are they doing in Memphis? So now uh, take that for data. Fisdale. Dave oh, Fisdale. wow. So Fisdale. I got, I actually got the Sacramento Kings as the eight seed now. That yeah. I realized that you're Yerger's, oh, you're yeah. Like Yerger's over coach. there. Yeah. I, I guess, and you know, again, I keep joking that, you know, the teams we're concentrating on Memphis right now, but Memphis podcast. But I, I guess that's what I'm saying, Tom, where, where you're giving them a benefit to how they've just been able to do it for the past five, 10 years or so. I guess probably closer to five with, you know, Conley, Gasol, Randolph, Tony Allen. Randolph and Tony Allen were so much of what made that team like the, the grit and grind Memphis Grizzlies that you kind of, you put blind faith in and said, this team's going to win a chunk of games. We don't really know. You know, you see Jermichael Green out there getting buckets and you're kind of like, who was that guy at first? I mean, Vince Carter was getting buckets for that team at one point. I, I don't know. I just think this is the year that there's just so much going on in the West that they're them and probably the jazz are two teams that feel it the most in the West this year. Yeah. I got, I got those two teams missing is it missing the playoffs as well. So I, I'm going to run through my eight. I think I got the Warriors. I got the same top four as you guys. Warriors, Rockets, Spurs, Thunder. And then I got the, the mix. I, I think I am sticking with Jake and the T-Wolves. Then I'm going Blazers, Clippers, and the... Pelicans? Uh, uh, what did you say? Pelicans? Pelicans, yeah, because I said so. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm to stick with that. Those are my eight. And then, I mean, the next the next three could also be in the playoffs, too. Grizzlies, Jazz, and Nuggets. It's a mess. It's a mess in the West. They should just have one of the teams in the West go to the East, and then they could be, like, the five seed. Yeah, I mean, I actually, looking at the Jazz roster, I do – I like it. It's just I don't know who's going to score points for that team or who's going to create offense. I mean, Rubio is a is a – Good creator, I guess, but he doesn't score. Then you're looking at Joe Ingles at the shooting guard. Rodney Hood could make a leap. And then Derek Favors, who's injured a lot, and Rudy Gobert, who's you know one of the best two-way centers in the league. But I, they're going to be an amazing defensive team. I don't see how they're going to score any points. And like we said, that's, that's super important in the, uh, in the regular season in particular. So, yeah, I'm tempted to take the Jazz over the Grizz for that eighth spot, but I'm, I'm going to stick with it. You know I, I've been mostly just sticking with these picks blindly does, all podcast. So I'm going to just continue doing that. So, I mean, let's, let's get on to it. Who's, who's going to the NBA finals. Anybody not think that it's the warriors against the Cavaliers with the warriors winning. 
Any other guesses? <laughs> I don't have another guess. All right. Yeah, I'm, I know that's boring, but... Uh, so should we just say, like, I'll say in four games, then you could say five games, and Jake will say six games, just to make it all interesting, like we all said a different thing? That's, that would be I, really interesting. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of in fear when we were going to get to this, because, I, I mean, who's, who's your Western Conference Finals? Golden State and Houston? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wait. Or, or think, Spurs. Yeah, I... I, I guess I lean Spurs just because I trust Popovich and Rudy Gay more than D'Antonio and Chris Paul's lack of uh, Chris Paul's lack of playoff experience, James Harden, um, and what he did in that his deciding game last year. Uh, and then in the East, I mean, I, I guess does anyone not have Cleveland Boston in the East? I think it has to be Cleveland Boston in the East. I don't think it could be anything else. I think it uh, if the Wizards like. Get another basketball player on their team, a professional yeah. one. Yeah, they yeah. they're they're so close. They just need more players because their starting lineup is so good. And they just like last year they were hanging with Boston. They probably should have beat Boston in the first two games, and they ended up losing in seven. The so, Bulls should have beat Boston. Yeah. Rondo got. I mean, there. this is a completely different Boston team. We all know that, but I'll, how about you know, this? You know they're up there with the top team at least. I'll buy him. I'll buy on Washington. How about Boston doesn't figure it out. John Wall kind of takes a shot across the bow at Kyrie and, and they do it. I mean, that's a little biased because I'm a New York guy and I, I hope don't, you're right. I don't, I don't like, like, I don't like what Danny Ainge did, but I'm so say at the end of the day, it is the same conference final. Do we like that where the league's at? Are we, do we wish it was more NFL parody style? I mean, I wish the Knicks were better. <laughs> is that? You and me both, brother. Yeah, I mean, I would like to not watch the Cavaliers play the Warriors in the finals, to be honest. I think that would be good for everybody. It's, I mean, they're the best teams in each conference, respectively. They're not the two best teams overall, I don't think. But it is what it is at this point. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, they're they're close to the two best teams overall, but I I think um, I don't mind seeing them play year after year. I just would like to see a little more drama on the way to that result. Like the Warriors didn't lose a single game leading up to it. The Cavs, there's never any doubt that. I mean, in the Eastern Conference Finals, I think that they beat the Celtics by like forty something points in one of the games. Forty four. Forty four points, and that was like pretty indicative of of the rest of the series. It's just how it felt. So. Uh, yeah, just a little more drama, some more just testing these teams, actually challenging the Warriors to have to play their best instead of just them being able to roll out of bed and, you know, not even warm up and still make it to the championship. So just yeah, more drama would be nice. Two years ago, Steph Curry sprained his MCL and then the Warriors were unaffected and they just continued to go to the NBA Finals. In the playoffs. He missed two weeks in the playoffs, and they didn't care. They just made the finals anyway. It was ridiculous. They lost the MVP for two weeks, and they made the NBA finals. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's tough. I wanted wanted my head to play the Dark Horse game in a second for someone else (laughs) to meet the conference finals. And even that's tough to do. I guess in the East, there's a little more window where you could say – 
if Giannis does take a step to playing MVP basketball or like <laughs> the team that keeps making me laugh in my head is the heat. Like <laughs> what, what if they come out and they play <laughs> their record at the end of the year is like what? 66 and <laughs> 20 or whatever. <laughs> and everyone's like, what's, what's happening here? Like I, I, in my head, I'm asking myself if I would like that or if I'd be telling myself, like, doesn't matter. Celts and Cleveland are still going to cl- kill this team. I don't know. I'd like it. I don't think the Heat have the star power, but I, I don't think it's ridiculous that either the Thunder or the Spurs could be in the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors. I think both those teams, I wouldn't right. not shock me at all that they made it there. And even if either team pushed the Warriors to like five or didn't get swept, <laughs> a just friendly to, a friendly six. Yeah, um, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. But other than that, so. It's a really fun time in the NBA, I think, with the, te- with the players and the stars sort of clustering together. Uh, it, it makes for some interesting basketball, but very little drama. So that's sort of my take. Yeah. All right, guys, that's been a, a good long hour and change here. Um, anything else you guys want to add, or should we, should we wrap her up? Uh, I think of, that's it. A lot of basketball. That's been a lot of basketball. All right, guys, well, thanks for, for joining. Let's, let's do it again soon.